When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. And Ryan, the good news is the Cubs can't hurt us again today. Uh, how many straight days since the Cubs didn't hurt us? Um, I lost count. Uh, yeah, uh, it's been a co- while. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Cody underscore CHGO, Ryan underscore A underscore Her- underscore A underscore Herrera. There you God, go. I can't talk. I'm in for Lu- or I'm taking Luke Stuckmeyer's spot again today. Two straight days. Cody Del Stuckmeyer. Yeah, big of me. Credit to me. Uh, but we're also joined by longtime friend, Cubs and Cubs prospect Max Bain. He's been on the show, what, this is like the third or fourth time? Third or fourth time. I mean, it, well, I've I lost be, count. I think it would be fourth if you include the surprise guest appearance at spring training. That's fair. I think, I think you're fourth. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, it's always good to catch up with you. Um, how, how you been? I've been great, man. Uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on today. But uh, I've been great. I've been home for, I believe, exactly a month now. Um, and I'm enjoying life, man. We're getting after it this offseason. Uh, get a little bit of extended time, given that the season did end a month ago. Um, but yeah, man, everything's good. Everything's great. Awesome. Well, uh, I don't. There's so there's so much that I feel like I want to ask, and I don't want to ask it all at once. And I know I have that problem because I go, <laughs> I get all over the place. And again, we got I'm, time? I'm I'm sitting here in 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 place of Luke Stuckmeyer, who is very <laughs> good at organization and and all of that stuff. So I'll yeah. try not to veer off on all these different tangents. So um, I guess for anyone who's listening or watching the show right now, first off, hit the like button, uh, hit the subscribe button to CHO Sports YouTube channel. Um, we do, even in the off season, we do shows five days a week um, for an hour each day. So if you're new here, know that. Um, but if you don't know Max, I've known Max for what? This is like the th- like three or four years now that I've known you since I think we met first time yeah. remotely in 2020 so three yep. years if we're mathing correctly um this year you started the year on developmental list um yep. you were an, an independent ball guy who got signed undrafted i believe and uh you know you you've you had your stints in south bend made it up to double a then this mm-hmm. past year you started the year on the developmental list and then went back to south bend so um, sure. that, that's a little bit of a, a summary of your tenure with the Cubs for people who don't know. Yeah. Um, so I guess to bring it around, how, how, how do you, how do you feel about your season considering most of it was on the developmental list? You're in Arizona, then into the yeah. year in, in South Bend. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think I learned a lot this season. Um, I don't think the numbers I put up in South Bend are really reflective of the performance. Um, you know, I went into my last, uh, my last three outings rocking like a four ERA, which isn't the best, but like I was having a pretty good year. I was making the most out of some situations where maybe I didn't pitch the best, but you know, I really felt like I turned a corner in those last few outings. I was starting to feel healthy again, which was massive. Um, I pitched about eight weeks, uh, hurt this year, uh, just trying to grind through some stuff. Um, but like I said, really turned a corner there towards the last three outings and I thought I threw the ball really well. And, you know, we had an outing in Fort Wayne where, uh, you know, unfortunately Brody McCullough went down, uh, you know, in a rundown with a guy at second and I had to come into the game, uh, warmed up on the game mound. And first time I've ever done that in my career, came out filling up the zone and I think over an inning and a third or something like that, I gave up like four hits. One of them was a homer, but out of the four hits, three of them were on balls out of the zone. And it was like, I was making good pitches. I was doing what I wanted to do on the mound. The results just weren't coming. And, you know, even, even the following time out, um, I went in like a 10 run game and, it, you know, got the ninth inning, um, came out firing, was throwing the ball hard, throwing well. I was like 94, 95 up to six. And, um, I gave up three hits that day that I think averaged out to about 38 miles an hour off the bat. So, you know, there were things, there were things that were happening that, you know, I just, I didn't catch the greatest luck there at the end of the year. But um, in terms of the things that I can control, I really felt like I turned a corner at the end of the season. You know, as for the Devils at the start of the year, um, I think we're seeing the impact of, you know, having such a talented system. You know, I can't speak highly enough about the guys that I get to play with, um, especially the guys I got to play with in South Bend. That, that, that was a ton of fun this year. And I got to um, create some new friendships with guys I really haven't got to play, uh, gotten to play with a lot in the past and was really grateful for that. But, um, you know, I think, I think when you have so much talent, there are always going to be some guys that are, um, you know, kind of on the outside looking in sometimes. And that was me at the, that was me at the end of spring training. You know, I had, uh, I had that outing in the big league game that didn't go great and, uh, would, would love to have that one back. Uh, even though I am going to take, uh, I'm going to take it for now that I did strike out James Altman, my bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that kind of trickled into the rest of spring and uh, I didn't really leave them with an option to send me out at that time. And that's, you know, that's that's something I got to do better at. Um, but, you know, going through the summer, you know, I, I came out with uh, I was throwing really well on the Devils. I was back up to 98 like I was I was pitching well. I was throwing the change up more. I was I was doing a lot of things really, really well. And on the day I was supposed to get sent out, I, I came in with uh, some low back pain and a shoulder impingement, too. Um, and that caused me to miss some time, started rehabbing again, had a couple flare-ups, uh, and really stuff that just lingered throughout the summer. So it was a real battle uh, just to get on the field. And when I felt like I had the opportunity to do so, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna, you know, lose that. You know, even if I wasn't at 100%, like I wanted, I was dying to go compete. Um, so you know, I, I took what I had to South Bend and uh, made the most out of uh, made the most out of the opportunity getting to work with. Uh, Clayton Mortensen was outstanding. He's been one of my, uh, you know, he, he's a very, very, very good pitching coach. And I think he really understands the player relationships as long as, as well as the player development side of things too. Um, so there were a lot, there were a lot of good things to take from this year, despite the Jersey I was wearing or the numbers I put up. Um, I think, I think there's a lot more to it than what just lies on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Real quick, since we're talking about the developmental list, uh, our friend sure. in the chat, Gary Ross, 
Um, he asked what it is and if you could give more details on it. So, uh, yeah, I was just going to ask for our listeners, our friends in the chat right now that maybe are just a little un- unaware of what exactly the developmental list is. Could you give some details, like just in general, what it's for um, and what, it, yeah. what the developmental list looked like for you this season? Yeah, so I think it's a great way. Um, it's a great way for teams to get guys out of the game uh, game environment for a while to really hone in on some stuff. Uh, you know, for me, I think a lot of it was for change-up usage and really just getting the feel um, or getting the confidence again to really go back out and compete with a certain amount of, like, reckless abandonment almost. You know, just go out there, you lay it all on the line, and compete with what you have instead of trying to be somebody you're really not. Um, so the dev list, uh, for us, you know, I don't know how it works for other orgs, but, uh, for us, the dev list typically means, uh, more often than not, you're going to be sent to the complex, uh, out, out in Mesa, which during July and August, not exactly the most fun place to be. Uh, but, uh, you get to go out there, your days are, uh, structured a little bit differently, you know, in season at an affiliate, your days are probably from depending on what time you get to the ballpark for me, that's like noon, 1230, uh, to about 10, 1030 at night. And, um, when you're on the dev list, you're probably in the board, you're in the building at 830 in the morning and you're probably done for the day on your heaviest day. You're probably done by like one o'clock and that rest of the time is yours to kind of get your head away from the game. Uh, so I think it's a really useful tool, uh, both from the physical and mental side of things. Um, so yeah, we have some qual, we have some really good coaches down there too. You know, I got to work with, uh, I got to work with TC this year uh, down AZ. You know, he was my pitching coach in South Bend in 21. So uh, that familiarity was nice as well. Uh, I love that you mentioned about the the mental side because, correct me if if I'm wrong, but when you got to double A in Tennessee at the beginning of last year, correct? Yeah. Things didn't exactly go well for you, and I and I no. think there was an injury involved as well. Yep. So, Carson Wentz. Yeah. So that's a good comparison. There you go. Uh, so for you to go to the to the development list after mm-hmm. you know struggling because going into that season, I felt like you you had shown really good strides at South Bend or in high A or just, you know, at that level. And I felt really excited for you when you got to double A. And then again, things just didn't go as you had hoped with not only the results, but injuries. So the mental side of just being able to do what they need you to do, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as the physical stuff, but then getting away from the game, like you said, for the rest of the time, how much do you feel like that helped you to, to where you're not just pressing? Because I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize prospects or just athletes in general, when they, when they get to the professional side, most of them didn't really have any struggles throughout their, you know, whether it's high school, college, whatever. They didn't, right, they right. just didn't struggle, right? And, you know, that can affect you mentally when you start to, see struggles and you don't know how to change that. Right. Yeah. So how did the men, how did, how did the development list help you mentally uh, just be able to focus on what you need to focus on when you need, like when you need to and get away at the same time? Yeah. You know, I think going back to Tennessee, um, I think I got to the point, you know, I was pitching through injuries and whatnot, but the way I was compensating on the mound made it really hard for me to throw strikes. And I convinced myself 
um, that I wasn't capable of doing that. You know, I wasn't capable of going out there and throwing strikes. So every time I was out there, it was like I was trying to make up the last outing that I had. Uh, and that that's a really, really tough spot to be. Um, as you saw how my year progressed, it didn't exactly, like you said, didn't really go well. Um, but, you know, um, oh, man, where was I going with that? You know, I think uh, I think, too, you know, when you get away from the game like that, I think what happened is I finally got to the realization in terms of like shifting my approach to the game. You know, when I was in Tennessee um, and, you know, even earlier in the year, uh, going back to spring training, I think there are there are um, like key performance goals that are set, you know, that are um, that are very statistic, very result based. And not all of those are in your control. You know, there are some things like the amount of times you're in the zone, the amount of strikes you're throwing or uh, your non-competitive rate, like that type of stuff. I think that stuff is well within your control. But there are some stuff that's not where it's you're looking at K to walk or overall K percentage or uh, average exit below. And when you're trying to pitch to those metrics that aren't really within your control, I think you kind of lose sight of what you're doing. Um, so I think what really helped me this year was going back to just playing the game to play the game, uh, realizing that I'm going to get strikeouts when I get strikeouts. I'm going to give up ground balls when I give up ground balls. And that, that stuff just kind of happens. It's all a, it's all a result of the process that goes into the game itself. So those things just kind of happen. And that made it a lot easier for me, you know, uh, to accept some of the outings I had, you know, there were, there were times where like I would go two innings and maybe I gave up four fly balls to deep outfield or a couple hard hit balls. But if I put up two scoreless, I walk away from that outing feeling way, way, like way better if I'm not concerned about all the other stuff, you know, at the end of the day, I still put up two scoreless and, you know, whether it's really good or really bad, I think context loses its value really quickly. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think that made the game a lot, lot easier for me this year or a lot easier to digest mentally, that is. Uh, and at the end of the day, man, like, you know, when it comes down to like what jersey you're wearing, like obviously I went from high A to double A and back to high A. And that's really not the trend you'd like anybody really wants to see. Right. Like that's it's not a secret. Nobody wants to get promoted to come back down. But, um, I, you know, as long as you're wearing a jersey, you get to go play baseball games and you get to go compete. Uh, and you're still in the same system that still believes in you if they're giving you a jersey. So, um, yeah, man, just uh, like I said, just shifting the focus back to just playing the game to play the game made uh, made life a lot, lot easier for me. Shift for you since what was it last June ish was like full time relieving um, versus yeah. starting yeah. games. Um, it's It's been over a year, but just how has that transition been for you after you know starting almost exclusively your first year and like your senior year of college and I know the 2020 season was interrupted that a little bit, but going from starting to exclusively relieving and the mentality that change, if it changes um, in either of those roles. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think, um, wow, excuse me. Um, I think the bullpen role is kind of what I was prepared to do in 21 and not that I'm not grateful for the opportunity to start, but uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that part of my career. That year in South Bend was outstanding, right? Um, but I think the bullpen role is more what I was built for when I came in. You know, when I was 97 to 100, or 99, I guess 99.8, I never actually touched 100. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, but that, uh, that role is really kind of what I was prepared for. Two, three innings, let it go eat, uh, throw your stuff as hard as you can, 
nothing but confidence, all, you know, just attack hitters. Uh, so I think that role does suit me uh, a little bit better going forward. Um, now, the, the goal is to get back into the physical, uh, I don't want to say shape, because I feel like that's revolved so much around like your body comp. But for me, it's like the, the throwing shape, right? Where I want to be that guy again, where I'm upper 90s, and I'm throwing, I'm throwing stuff really hard. And good luck, go hit it. Like some guys are going to get me sometimes, most of the time, they're probably not. You know, I feel like I've had stints where I haven't had my best stuff. And I've held teams to like 150 batting average against. And that's that's really cool. Like that only gives me more confidence that when I'm where I want to be physically, I have I don't the sky's kind of the limit, you know. Yeah, so I with that and I kind of like look at it with someone like Adbert Alzelay on the on the Cubs major league team who's been a starter in the past. Yeah. But that he has kind of a mentality where rather than starting and having to go no like going into the game thinking like I got to spread it out and make sure I can get innings covered, he only has to go and he can go 100% right away just to get, you know, a save or or an inning now. Um yeah, so is there a benefit in that for you as far as just like not not having to figure out how you can spread yourself over 6 innings, 6 plus innings? Versus, like, you can just come in and attack, attack, attack right away. Yeah, I, I think it boils – so I think it, it a big part of it is what you're talking about, but I also think the the second layer of it is that I'm not worried about beating guys twice, right? All I have to do is go in and throw my best stuff, right? Versus righty versus lefty, I know how I want to attack that certain hit hitter. I'm not exactly concerned with the name in the box. I'm concerned with what I want to throw. And I know that if I do that to the best of my ability – more often than not, uh, I'm going to get the result that I'm looking for, whether it's weak contact or a strikeout or just something where, man, I, I won that AB. Um, so, you know, I, I think Adbert's a great example. You know, obviously uh, I've played with and gotten to watch from afar uh, Palencia as well. You know, he kind of went through that same shift this year too. Uh, and seeing how he was able to, you know, Palencia specifically, but like seeing how he was able to simplify his mix uh, and really apply it at the big league level and still have that reckless abandonment I'm talking about where he's still pumping 100, 101, like that is, that's exciting stuff. You know, that, that kind of gives me uh, an outlook in terms of like what I would like to do with my career as well. Um, you know, the Cubs, major league team, they, there was a lot of growth this year, right? I remember texting you. Absolutely. I was uh, texting you in the middle of the year, uh, about I think you actually texted me about one particular player and then we started talking about um you know just the the excitement not only on the major league team but in the system and we saw a lot of guys get promoted um you know whether it's they stayed in the minors but made it up like Cade Horton for example or PCA Mm -hmm. who I I believe you played with in South Bend for a little bit uh or maybe I PCA yeah PCA didn't you play with him I haven't I haven't been in the same locker room as yet. No, you haven't. Okay. Well, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, but either way, I've, you've you've uh, you've you've seen a lot of guys. You've been in the system for a while. You were in the system yeah. wherein when people weren't talking about the system. So, for you this year, who was your favorite prospect? Not outside of yourself, Ooh. of course. That that <laughs> yeah. like that had a ton of growth. That either made it to the Cubs or you know you know 
got to triple A that maybe they started sure. in, 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 in single A and got to triple A, something like that? So I think I think the easy answer is Cade, right? Cade Cade is a dog. He's a, he's gonna be there at some point. He has got the stuff. Um, I don't think you can put a comp on him because I think a comp sets a ceiling and I don't think he has one. Um, but, uh, I think a guy that probably doesn't get as much attention, whether it's the role or the name or the, when he was drafted, um, is Frankie Scalzo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the name. Um, but Frankie made some massive strides this year, went through a similar change, got his role shortened up a little bit and was put in the back end of the pen. And man, when he got promoted from South Bend to Tennessee, he was, I mean, he was slinging 95, 97 with a wipeout slider. Uh, and I, you know, I, I didn't do as good of a job as I would have liked to in terms of keeping track with how he did in double A. But uh, I know for a fact that he was shoving it when he, when he left, uh, he was automatic in, in South Bend. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of other guys right off the top of my head. You know, Sheldon Reed's another really fun guy to watch. Uh, ton of carry on his fastball. Maybe, maybe doesn't have the velo that's going to be eye popping and he'll be the first one to tell you that, but um, man, good carry, great curveball, good slider. Um, like he, he's an exciting arm as well. Um, so yeah, the, those three guys really like just from the pitching side were, were very much fun to watch. Um, you know, and I got to spend some time in AZ too, uh, with the, with the young, with the young guys. And, you know, I think everybody at this point, uh, or most people in tune with the system at this point have probably heard of Jefferson Rojas. Yeah. He's a dog. He's awesome. He, he is, he is outstanding. Um, the other guy I really liked playing with out there was, uh, probably not a, probably a lesser known name, but very, very talented. His name is Christian Olivo, uh, young middle infielder. Uh, I believe he made it to Myrtle by the end of the year. Uh, very, very good with the glove, good bat, um, puts the ball in play a lot, hits the ball hard, good swing, good kid, like good attitude every day. Um, so I, I can't speak highly enough about those guys. Rich Beesterfield in the in the chat says, "Great to hear the support of of Frankie Scalzo." So, there yes, there's a. Admittedly, I didn't know who he was because I, I I try to follow the minor leagues as much as I can, but I can't. So, uh, I'm definitely going to give him a nice little Google search after the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you. I'll help okay, you. there you go. All um, right. Yeah, like you said, obviously the, the easy answer is like Cade Horton. I think you overlap yeah. by like a few weeks during the summer. Um, yeah, Cade's my guy. I love Cade. Yeah, yeah, people are high on him, like fans, prospect people, the the ranking systems, like very high on him for a guy that like just didn't pitch a lot in college and you know was a was a number seven draft pick, I believe. Um so it was like a pick that just yeah, like you didn't really know how to feel about it. Obviously he's done great things this year, his first year in Pro Bowl. What yeah. what was it that stood out about Cade to you, whether it's preparation or mentality or whatever it is that like just makes him when you, when you say you don't think he has a, a ceiling, like what makes you believe that he throws every pitch where he wants to throw it. And the guy throws 98. That's pretty neat. Uh, you know, it got to the point, it, uh, it got to the point, man, where when he was on the mound, it felt like we were going to win the game. That's, that's kind of how it felt. Every time he's out there, we got a very good chance to win that game. Uh, and I think that's going to be the story for, for a lot of his career. Um, so, you know, much like, much like Sheldon, like good, good carry, maybe a little bit more velo. Uh, he's going to be in that upper nines range. Um, and he is the most, like, he's the most humble dude. Like he is the most humble dude. He's not going to tell you about how he's doing. He's not going to talk about himself unless you ask him. He is, uh, 
he doesn't act like your stereotypical first round pick. Uh, and I think that might be one of my favorite things about him. You know, he's got this inner dog that is like, it is internal on the mound almost. He has it and he just doesn't, he doesn't show everybody. He just keeps it to himself, but off the field, man, he could not be a better person. That's great to hear. Uh, you know, it's great to finally be able to talk to you about like the system being where it's at now, because like I said earlier, when we met the first time way before I was here at CHGO, we were, you were telling me that good times are coming like within the minor league system. So for you, what, just watching it all play out to this point, obviously, you know, rankings are rankings and doesn't necessarily mean everything, but for you to see the growth of the system since you got to the Cubs, uh, you know, just to, like you said earlier, you, you get to play with so many talented dudes. What's, I guess, what do you take from a lot of those guys that are, you know, either they're highly touted or even, you know, guys like you who aren't getting talked to enough about, or, you know, still trying to figure out, their their mm-hmm. way through the minor leagues and stuff. How how have you been able to take all this and uh, you know I guess in a way appreciate it, but also know like hey like we got something really brewing here. Yeah, yeah. You know I think it's I think it's cool. You know I think we all push each other. Uh, and how much how much I'm talked about is kind of irrelevant right now because to be honest with you, I probably don't deserve to be talked about, and that's cool. I've done that to myself. Um, like that's not something I worry about or you know stay up at night thinking about, but. Um, you know, I think it, I think the group of talent that we have or the, um, the community that we've really built, uh, of really talented baseball players is just kind of push the next guy down the line. You know, it's like, if this guy's getting better, I'm going to be working with him or I'm seeing what he's doing to improve himself. And how can I apply that to my game? Or, you know, what do I, what do I see this guy's doing that maybe doesn't fit me or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all sorts of stuff to where you're not necessarily comparing yourself to other players. Cause I think that's a mental death trap. Uh, and I've been there before too, but like you're learning how to work together, uh, despite being in a situation where it's perceived as competing against the next guy at the end of the, at the end of the day, like the promotional decisions or the demotional de- decisions or big league additions, like all of that stuff is out of our control. Right. So all we can do is be the best that we can be, um, and kind of let the results play out how they're going to play out. You know, um, I think I, I don't think there's much more to it. And you've been around for most of like the time that they've like started to turn around and, and, and reinvest in the, the infrastructure, the pitching infrastructure and stuff. Yeah. How for the pitching side specifically, how have you seen that evolve and how fun is it to be now, you know, in the system with a few years under the Cubs belt of, this revamped infrastructure and what, how they're doing things? That's a good question. Um, how have I seen it evolve? You know, I think, uh, whew, how do I want to word this? I think the coolest thing is that we accept that we don't know everything. And, and what I mean by that uh, is that everybody is learning on the day to day. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't want that to come out as a slight because it's not. Uh, I think the more we think we know, the less we actually know. So the, the, the coaches are willing to learn, the players are willing to learn, and they're willing to um, take instruction or advice, whatever, whatever term you really want to put on it, and they're willing to kind of accept it and apply it to their own career. Um, and I think you're seeing more uh, 
vulnerability from players in terms of the, like in regard to accepting instruction, right? And not to say that in 21 guys weren't bought in because I think that's one of the things I talked about in the show actually was just how much buy-in we had. Um, but seeing the progress and seeing like the tangible results, right? Where you have Wicks up there to dominate, you have Palencia, Luke Little, you have all these guys that are, you know, Assad. My God, that guy was so much fun to watch pitch in Tennessee. That guy was automatic. But anyway, uh, seeing the tangible results just creates more and more buy-in. And I think that's I think that's the coolest thing. I think that's a good sign uh, of a system that's really uh, on the come up while also being regarded by the media as one of the better systems in baseball. Yeah. Uh, we're here with Max Bain. He's a Cubs prospect, not one that – you know, he's he's not at the status of, you know, guys like Cade Horton being talked about. Uh, but he is a friend of the show, so he is always welcome Absolutely. on this on that's, this That's podcast. the highest status you could yeah. have. You, you could be out. really good <laughs> at baseball. Want, you you, you could be you could be a first round pick and uh, you know, be regarded as a top thirty prospect in baseball or you could be the best friends with CHO Cubs yeah, podcast. So what you would know. you rather have? What would you rather have? <laughs> At the same time, I, I again, Max, I, I will always, uh, you know, have belief because I, I know that you have a you, you have a very uh, good work ethic. And you're again, you were a guy who a lot of people didn't even, you know, didn't draft. Right. So, like, right. Uh, you know, you got a, a long way to go, but I, I, I'm always going to have a big support for you because it's just one you're a good dude and two uh Thank you. i want to say that i'm friends with a guy that is on the cubs one day that no one talked about so uh <laughs> I, I, I just got to be honest with you about that man so i appreciate bef that. before we let you go um i i have to ask you you know we talked about this year a lot but who's one prospect or one guy that you've played with that you know wow. that you're looking forward to see taking that huge step next year uh, whether it's a guy who probably will still mm -hmm. remain in the minors next year, or maybe it's a guy you think you could who could get to get on the Cubs next year, uh, just someone that maybe no one's really talking about, or someone that people are talking about but d not sure if he could actually get to the majors. So, I played with uh, I played with a guy in spring. I haven't shared a clubhouse with him yet, but I played with a guy in spring, and I was really impressed uh, by his approach to the game, his consistency, his mental makeup. Uh, and his ability to compete in every at bat that he took, and that was B.J. Murray. I think he's a, I think he's an outstanding player, uh, and he's very very well rounded. Um, now, like I said, I didn't get to play with him, so I don't really have much more to give you than that. But um, the other guy who I did get to play with, and I actually got really close with, um, is Felix Stevens. Uh, and Felix, I don't think he had the eye popping average by any means, and I guess eye popping is a relative term based on what people want to see, but. Uh, the guy hit like 25 homers this year. And when he hits homers, they're like 475 feet. Like they're, they're not hit softly. Uh, you know, we were in West Michigan. We were in West Michigan uh, playing the Tigers high A team. And that place was an absolute graveyard all week. Just balls that you thought would be no doubters. Um, we're making routine catches, you know, not really even hit the track. And, you know, they got this like VIP section out in right center and right next to it is this giant Miller light bottle that they've put out there. I want to say is either like a fake lighthouse or the Miller light bottle is one of the two. Um, Felix hit the ball off the top of the Miller light bottle. Wow. 
like right center. Uh, he went opposite field. Uh, and I think, you know, I haven't seen the, uh, I haven't seen the actual number from Ivy, but, um, there's no way that ball didn't go 500 feet. Like that, that dude just rakes. And when he connects, he connects. Uh, so that, you know, those would probably be the two guys I saw from like the offensive side of things that were, um, that I think really took like massive steps this year, but also capable of taking massive steps again next year. Well, that's good to hear. It's always good to get like your perspective on other guys as well as talk to you about what's going on with you, man. Yeah. Well, you you had a proposition for him, right? Oh yeah. So I know you're right. Yeah. I was going to say, I got one question and it's about football. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna That's say, going like, on. I know you're, I, I know you're a Lions fan. I know you've been, I've been seeing your Instagram stories. <laughs> you're, you're putting the final score up, and everything. like, you, you have to. I'm this has to be the most excited you've ever been as a Lions fan. All we know here in Chicago is pain as well. So, like, <laughs> I, I feel like we need to come up with a, you know, a, a Lions Bears uh, bet or something like that. A wager of something. how many a points do you want to give the Bears? How many points do I want to give the uh, Bears? A lot. Not the spread. A line, Are we right? <laughs> <laughs> at least the spread, like, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Might need a it. A touchdown, seven points. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's been better to see Fields throw the ball a little bit, though. Like, I got to watch that game on Thursday night, and Fields looked outstanding, I thought. Yeah. Like, he, he, looked, was, he looked really good. And granted, DJ Moore helped him on that out route at, at the end of the game. But, like, mm-hmm. DJ looked comfortable. Or, uh, DJ. Uh, Fields looked comfortable and confident out there, man. It looked, that was fun to see. Both quarterbacks that night looked really good, that, I thought. That's what we – I, That's what we want to see. I will I say, see. I did enjoy watching the Lions beat the Packers on primetime. I, I did. No, we had a great first half. I, <laughs> I tell you what, though, when they so when they came out, when the Packers came out and went right down the field, got the two point. I think we went three and out on the subsequent drive. Packers go right back down again and score. Like I was at my buddy's house, and there were four of us, and we were all <laughs> suffering from PTSD. We thought we were losing that football game. Yeah, I was just 100%. happy to see the Lions. I was just happy to see the Lions and Rodgers Packers career. Oh, that's that, t- that too. That was, that was fine yeah. with me. That, that, that was, was my favorite part sweet. of uh, last season for sure. <laughs> How are we feeling? Uh, How are we feeling about the Bears, guys? <sighs> I don't know. I, yeah, that's a question you have to ask me after Sunday, yeah, man. Because g- g- like, I, I don't want to get reeled all the way back in, but I basically kind of am. Give me like six more weeks. Say what? You guys got Minnesota this Sunday, right? We do. We do have the Vikings this week. No Jefferson no, either. So no Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. could be big. We'll see. We'll see. Give me like six Is more weeks, and I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> Is that in Minnesota? No, it's, it's here. right here, Soldier Field. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> don't, don't jinx it. Let's knock on, don't jinx knock it, on some wood. <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> I'm going to be absolutely insufferable this year as a Lions fan, just because <laughs> I just turned 26 and. Uh, this is the first time, like, I've watched stress-free football in my life. <laughs> right? Like, we're not yeah. mapping out how we're going to come back in the last 25 minutes of, yeah. you know, game time. We're not mapping it out anymore. You know, we're not down yeah. three scores and two two points. and a fit, You know what I mean? Like, we're not, yeah. we're not staging a massive comebacks anymore. Um, it's been uh, – God, I hate to rant about the Lions here on the Chicago podcast, but, like <laughs> – Man, the way Goff is coming, like, I could not be a bigger supporter of Goff. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but, like, that dude, <laughs> the way he handled coming from L.A. to Detroit, like, I feel like for a 1-1, it would have been really easy to just kind of roll over and die, especially with the, the history and the uh, what had been the established culture with the Lions. Like, it would have been really easy for him to just kind of roll over. But the way he's kind of taken it, 
yeah. allowed himself to feel ownership of it and really turned into a leader for that team. Like that's that's been so cool. That's been yeah. so cool to see. Well, and we're happy. We're happy you get yeah some, for some you, joy out of football this season. For you, yeah. I'm happy the Lions are good. For you, that's it. We're, I, you know, the the Buccaneers have more NFC North titles than the Lions, and I I'd, I'd like to see that change. <laughs> I'd really yeah. like to see that change. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, when the Lions come to Chicago or something, maybe if you, I know it's in the off season, so maybe if you ever, I know you come to the city like once or twice in the winter. Yep. Let's let's link up or something. Yeah, maybe we'll then. get you out here for a tailgate. Yeah. yeah. Never know. I, I don't tight. know if we're doing a tailgate for the potentially. The we'll, see. So, we'll see. Uh, anyway, man, it's always good catching up, talking to you. Probably have you be in your uh, probably be texting you uh, when spring rolls around. And maybe Ryan right. will run into you again at spring training. <laughs> That'd be cool. I look forward to it, Ryan. All right, man. All right, man. As a, uh, it's always good seeing you, man. Thanks, Max. It. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming right, on. Man. Appreciate it. Have a good one, more. All right. That was Ooh. Max Bain. We should have asked him if he uh, is in the market for a new used vehicle. Uh, if he is in the market for a new or used vehicle, he'd need to check out Ray Chevy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. We were talking to them at Ray, and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. They found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership, saying things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in, mo and in most cases, the answer will be no. And that's when the other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that you do not qualify for. Well, at Ray, that is not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price lower than you see online. As one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories, and right now you can save big at Ray Chevy during their truck or treat savings event because 0% is back and now available on new Silverado trucks, the perfect tailgate vehicle. So come on in to, to Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake and find the vehicle you've been searching for. And best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Find new roads. There you go. Stucky does that ad so much better than me and you both. Yeah, but for sure. Hopefully he's back tomorrow. This, Barb was like asking about him in the Barb, chat. Barb, he's fine. He's, he's fine, but... We do miss him. We, we need miss him, him on the show. Um, you know, he's at home right now, not feeling great. Maybe you know, I know when I'm at home and not feeling great, I still can't get off Circus Sportsbook app. You know, that's true. The 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 new Illinois. app. I mean, for you, you just won't even leave the bed. You just have <laughs> Circus Sportsbook all day. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not only is the sportsbook great, the 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 casino and resort out out in Las Vegas is awesome i was lucky enough to get to go there with uh nick moriano and sean anderson uh this year shout out to circa for basically dragging me there big of them credit to them the stadium swim uh like it's what they call it it's like this big bunch there's like four or five pools with all these uh chairs you can sit in and watch all these different screens outside uh in their resort it's so it it the hype lives up Circa is awesome. Um, but uh, on top of all the stuff in Vegas and their app, um, you know, they, uh, you know, 
They don't limit players based on their winning. So if you if you get on a hot streak and you do really well, they don't they don't take away some of the the boosts or the you know the 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 incentives that other people who might not be doing as well they don't take that away from you. They're equal with everyone, uh, which I love because some other sports books aren't like that, right? Love that. On top of their customer service, a lot of other books they use chatbots. They don't. You talk to a real person, right? And uh, that's it's. It just makes the process so much easier when mm-hmm. you might have an issue, right? So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And one might say, yes, I really am winning there. because all I do is win bets. There may be uh, props on Connor Bedard on that sportsbook as well. I think first I game word on that. of his career tonight, right? Yeah, tonight Connor oh. Bedard in Pittsburgh. I want to say in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, that's where the Hawks guys are. Believe they'll have goal and shot props for him. Mm. So if you're a big believer in uh, Connor Bedard, you might want to check out uh, Circa and and see what they got for him. If you're like me, and admittedly, I've never I'm never going to sit on this podcast and tell you all that I'm some diehard hockey fan. But if nope. but if you're like me. Maybe you'll watch the postseason tonight because the postseason in baseball so far has been awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you can – you can. Besides the fact that the wild cards are <laughs> were all sweeps, yeah, could use another day of baseball, but – I've just know. enjoyed – The I games mean, have been good. Yeah, the, well, the games have been good, and then you've also just gotten some, like – I mean, the upsets. Yeah. I mean, the, the Dodgers now down 0-2 to the Diamondbacks, and Baltimore's down 0-2 to the, to to the, the Rangers. Rangers. Yep. Um, you know, Atlanta coming to life when they absolutely had to. Austin Riley saving the year for them basically last night. That was a great game. I've enjoyed watching postseason so far. Um, I don't know about y'all, but um, yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, it, it's been fun to watch, but it really does just, it continuously just keeps nagging me that the Cubs well, could be one of these. Here, teams. look at look at <laughs> Evil Wax had a I think a, a comment that might make you feel better. After watching but, the yeah. do, the Diamondbacks dominate the Brewers and Dodgers in the postseason, I don't feel as bad about yeah, the Cubs like, losing six or seven. They're very eight. clearly a good team. Yeah, and they're they're getting hot at the right moment. Obviously, mm-hmm. like that that kind of stuff helps with baseball because yeah. a hot team can beat really any team at any time. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. We saw the, the last Cubs few be years. Like that. We saw the, the Phillies yeah. like ride a hot streak almost to a World Series title last year. So yeah. like. The Diamondbacks are, are a good team, so the fact that, I mean, I think we look back at the season, no one expected the Cubs to drop six or seven in mm-hmm. the, that, what, a week and a half span. Yeah. But they were also, the D-backs were a good team, and they've been a good team all year. Like, they yeah. weren't a surprise contender. Like, they were in first place in the West for a long time. So, uh, but the D, yeah, the D-backs going up on the Dodgers, um, two games to none right now in that series. Surprise, but mm-hmm. also you look at it like, that's a good team. Like, it's not... The biggest shock in the world. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say, um, after I watched them do what they did against the Cubs, that I th- I firmly believe that maybe they could be a surprise team in the postseason this year to make some noise. Did I think that they would be up two games to zero on the Dodgers in the NLDS? No, but I did think that the moment that I saw they were going to be matched up with Milwaukee, I was like, they're winning that series. There's no way Milwaukee's winning that series. And what happened? They won't. They swept them on the road. Um, I think what, why one reason that I will say that I do like Arizona is that they are, they built what they got Mm -hmm. 
a lot of the way the Cubs did in going into the golden era. You know, Corbin Carroll, first round draft pick, not even a top five, top 10 guy. He was like a top 20 guy. I think he was like 16th or 17th overall in what in the 2019 draft. So he wasn't even like, you know, the considered one of the best players in draft. But to this point, outside of Bat- Adley Rushman and Bobby Witt Jr., I guess, he is, he's been right up there with them. Yeah. Um, obviously coming in this year, the best prospect in baseball. He's a, he's a rookie. And lived up to it. And he's lived up to it. He's not playing like a rookie, man. The dude has been red hot at the plate. Yeah. I'm – that's like he is the guy that I feel like – he's the guy I hope PCA turns out to be because he's, he's a corner outfielder. I do think that PCA will probably be a better defensive outfielder than him because he's going to play center most yeah. of his career. But – He's the same type of hitter in terms of like he can hit to all fields. He puts the bat on the ball, the left hand, left handed bat. I think Carroll's obviously obviously shown some power, and I think PCA has a lot to go to be able to mm-hmm. develop that kind of power. But they put him at the top of the lineup. He's a guy that like he's batting first or second in the lineup every every game, and he sets the tone for them. He sets the tone for guys like Cattell Marte and Tommy Pham and Christian Walker. Like that's what we're hoping PCA is going to be. Uh, on top of the defense. So he's like, that's, I am envisioning that PCA is somewhat like him. And if he is, that will help make the Cubs a way better team for years to come. Yeah. Cause I, and I wrote about PCA on Friday over at allchgo.com. You can go check that out if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were like pretty clear holes as far, like offensively this season. I mean, he for didn't sure. have the, the biggest sample size. So I can't say for sure. Like, he wasn't ready. He he was, was, but the, he, the, the opportunities he given, he did. He was given, did not look great offensively. Mm-hmm. He, he's obviously going to be a tremendous defender. Like he, he has an eighty grade defense as a right. prospect right now. Like it's, you don't. That's the top. That's <laughs> a very rare grade for a reason. Like he's a could could be a generational defensive center fielder. Mm-hmm. Will the bat catch up? Is is the, you know, the question right now, right? Because. He has pretty much at every level was slow to start as when he got there was a little bit slow to start quickly adjusted and, and got things going um, and ended up hitting pretty well at every level. Um, the Cubs are, yeah, like you said, they're obviously going to hope that he can do that. Um, if he can, if that, if that bat can, it's never going to be, I don't, I don't believe at the moment what he could be defensively as far as ceiling goes. But if he can have, if he could be a good hitter on top of like the, the defensive uh just prowess that he has. Mm. I mean, that could be your leadoff hitter, yeah. a guy with with the kind of speed, um, a solid bat. You know, if he can get an, a high on base percentage, like that's the kind of guy you might want as your leadoff hitter going forward. I don't know if that's for sure what's going to happen. Obviously, like, there's no there's no guarantee he's even on the opening day roster at this point. Yeah. Again, because we've we saw things and he acknowledged things that he needs to work on uh, before he's like mm. before he's good to go. Right? He, there's still things that he told me he wants to improve on. Um, so he obviously has to put in the work this off season to even be battling for an opening day roster spot. Uh, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he thinks, and I don't think the Cubs think that if, even if he's not on the opening day roster, it's not far behind. Yeah. Right. So, um, he, yeah, you I mean, you, yeah, you're comparing him to Corbin Carroll in a way, um, potentially, right? Like, yeah. It's a, it's a high ceiling to it, put it, someone at. Yeah, considering it's, it's how not. Low yeah, playing, yeah, but, but it's like it's like if he could get to that level, yeah. that is a very good player for you, and he, he's a top mm-hmm. fifteen to ten ish prospect, depending mm-hmm. where you're looking for a reason. Yeah. He has the kind of ceiling that he could be a really good player yeah. for the Cubs. Might just take a little more time, mm-hmm. um, but 
if he what, can get PCA there, is what 21, 22 yeah, years old, twenty twenty two in March, right? Yeah. If he can get there, that's huge for this team, um, and they're like goals for the immediate future for sure. And another thing I didn't even mention about Carroll, he's like, I think statistically the fastest guy in baseball. Like he gets Something on, like he gets on, he gets on first base, and he's he's on second almost immediately too. So. And PCA has he has lightning speed as well. So like I think there's a, a I'm not saying that that PCA is is Corbin Carroll. I'm just saying that they're similar types of players. It's kind of like how I said last year. Uh, people forget this that I I did say that Nico Horner and Tim Anderson are very similar type players. Uh, but uh, I do think that Nico Horner surpassed that by now. Uh, didn't mean to throw that shot out there, <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I think that there's a lot to like. Um, with the Diamondbacks in terms of, like, they have so many young players. They, Jordan Lawler's getting the PCA treatment in the playoffs, right, for the Diamondbacks. Mm. He's, like, their top prospect uh, at the end of the year, and he's he came in off the bench to play defense or do the, the, the to pinch run. He's, a, he's another guy that they probably are really high on going into next year. But, again, the, the team gives me so many of the, you know, the Golden Era Cubs. Uh, that, you know, so many young guys all came up at once and they just play well together and, you know, can tell Marte might be like their version of, of Rizzo since he'd been there for so long through some bad yeah. years and, you know, that. But I, for me tonight, I, I actually think the the Twins are going to win tonight against Houston. I like their pitching matchup with Sonny Gray over uh, Christian Javier. Uh, and I it's sad for me to say, but I, I think Baltimore's done. Feels that way. Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, they were a fun team all year. Um, I mean, they were ended up being the best team in the American League. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the playoffs the, the playoffs are a crapshoot, really. Like that, right. I think that's what everyone says. It's right. just like anything can happen in the postseason, which mm-hmm. is an argument that had the Cubs gotten in there, you never know, right? Yeah. I don't think they would have made much noise. I think it was kind of the end of the season, even if they'd got in there. But um, you never know because anything can really happen in a in a you know, wild card, a, a best of three or division series, best of five. Like anything can happen. Um, we're, we're seeing it right now. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm looking at that Phillies game, the Phillies Braves game. And like, you know, that, that last week of the season, we saw how, how that Braves offense is just relentless and just does not give it up. It doesn't give up. And man. it's so good up and down the order. Mm. And you saw it like you, you, just the home runs. I mean, that, it was just like a Braves type game, right? Like mm. the Phillies were up, what four nothing, and you're like, well, they're gonna, you know, the Braves are not out of it. The Braves are definitely not done, and they're not gonna, they're they're definitely not done because they're not gonna go down two zero, mm. um, to the Phillies. It, so, sure, for about six innings, I was like, wow, Phillies really gonna come in Atlanta and take the first yeah. two because Zach Wheeler was dealing. He had a no hitter. Um, I think that they left Wheeler in an inning too long. And that's what led Possibly. to led to the comeback because they he allowed one run and then the Phillies were unable to answer. So credit to the Braves bullpen, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I the way the game was managed in the back half, I feel like is a big reason why the Phillies lost the game. And that's that's playoff Man. baseball. The manager is going to get credit when they win, and they're going to they're going to get a lot of the blame for when they lose. And to me, them leaving Wheeler in the game f- for an extra 
inning was the wrong move because then Darno hits that two-run homer, makes it four to three, and next thing you know, the Braves have a – it's a yeah. one-run deficit. They're at home. The crowd is rocking and doing that stupid chant and, and uh, you know, whatever they call that. And, uh, you know, they the Braves looked like the Braves last night. So now it's I'm, I'm interested to see how the Phillies respond. And also, I wish we got seven games of this series. This is the best It'll series. It'll be a fun series. This is the best series. The yeah. Phillies and the Braves are the best series. It might be the best series of the entire playoffs. In my opinion, it'll, so. be a, it'll be a fun last three games for that yeah. series for sure. If it, if it, if it gets there, yeah. You know what? I will like when I watch playoff baseball tonight. I will sit on my couch and I am going to crack open. I don't have it next to me, but I will be cracking open a nice Goose Island beer. CSO supported <laughs> by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. You got the Oktoberfest, the Beer Hug family. We got a ton of the Beer Hug family in this office because they got like 24 ounce cans and like the high percentage, but like. I'm not going to have one at, like, 1 p.m. I'd rather have one, like, at 7 p.m. when I'm about to watch a game at home, right? So I need to take some home, honestly. That's probably what I should do. Uh, the 312 Weedale, the Full Pocket Pilsers, my favorite one they have in the summer. Uh, we got the tailgate, uh, the Bears tailgate this weekend Bears Vikings. against the Vikings, uh, right? Bears three-point underdogs last I checked. Uh, anyway, come to the tailgate, Oh yeah, and uh, there's plenty of Goose Island there. It's, uh, you know. Whatever your heart desires. Right. Goose Island I mean, provides. No, no better way to start your day on a Sunday and, and hopefully a Bears win than with a bunch of Goose Island. Yeah. So uh, grab your Ultra Fresh Brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Ryan, will your dad be at the tailgate? Potentially. I, I like Ryan's know. dad. Yeah, Love Ryan. Kidding me? Love man. Ryan's dad. That's why I'm asking. Well, My favorite like, guy to hang out with. At he any watches s- our show a lot, so I hope yeah. that he heard me say that. But also, like me too. When, when he uh, when when Ryan's dad came to our one Cubs takeover we had this year, it was big of me to go and and, and go talk to him before I even talked to Ryan. That's true. That did happen. <laughs> right, because you hate Ryan. Yeah, um, we've made that clear. Um, <laughs> People no, are Ryan, are you joking? Ryan's dad's the goat. <laughs> I love. He's my favorite guy to hang out with at any CHGO function, whether it be the tailgate, the Bears draft party. He's the goat. Come also, and hang out with Ryan's so, dad. So much Moriano's dad. dad. Also, Moriano's dad is my oh, favorite on the softball field. It's big Mo yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah, he's right. the goat. Uh, but nothing goes better with tailgates <laughs> and Goose Islands than Foco. Go get <laughs> fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's baseball season, Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. You know, when the, when the sun comes out eventually over here, you're going to need that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you get set, de- set decorations. Foco has donated a few awesome pieces for our sets, so go show them some love. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for, tw- for 10% off, like our, our good friend, Law, law, the law. These are these are sick. You fit thirteen yeah. Goose Island beers in these overalls. Thirteen Goose Island beers. And and should, the only uh, reason I know that is because our friends from PHLY posted a video on Instagram of one of the people there put fitting thirteen beers yes. in in the overalls. If you want to fit thirteen beers in an o- a pair of overalls, I'm, go to Foco. I'm wearing to get them there. I, I'm wearing those overalls to Cubs convention this year. That that's that I have decided that. My dad just texted me saying, same here. I love CHGO functions. So yes. shout yeah. out, shout out, man. He was listening. Much love, <laughs> Mr. Herrera. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Uh, what we had like four minutes, so minutes. there's no better thing to do at the end of the show than look back at all the fun times we've had, uh, the friends we made along the way, as one might say. Um, so I tweeted out today from the CSO Cubs account uh, on this day in 2015, uh, the Cubs beat the Cardinals. So I believe it was six to three behind a t- uh, Jorge Soler two-run homer. Um, and it was, I believe it was Kyle Hendricks's first career postseason start. Was that was this the anniversary? Yes. Who would have thought when Kyle Hendricks, I mean, first of all, just like the trade itself, but like mm-hmm. just him beginning of his career. The Ryan, the Ryan Dempster trade, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, just that he would end up pitching arguably the two biggest games in, in Cubs history. Game six NLDS and game mm-hmm. seven World Series in 16. Mm-hmm. Like, so if it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm trusting you that we're not letting the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> that it was the the anniversary of his first career start, postseason start. Um, but I guess that's just the beginning of a what was, what what has so far has turned out to be a pretty solid, impressive postseason career for Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, uh, I'm looking it up just to confirm, but I'm pretty sure it was. It was in St. Louis, and I remember Kyle Hendricks pitching a playoff game in St. Louis in 2015. That would have been the NLDS, correct? Uh, yeah, NLDS. Um, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. You're struggling. Uh, again, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, it's also, yes, it is. It was? It was? A, okay. October 10th, 2015 at St. Louis. Four and two-thirds, three earned runs. Uh, seven strikeouts, though. So good for Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's... He, uh, it was like kind of his own little coming out part, even though it wasn't like the greatest start in the world. But like, I the Cubs actually lost Game One of that series; they got shut out. So there was a lot of mm. honestly, in some aspect, a lot of pressure on him to go out there in Game Two and and you know keep them in the game. And the Cubs put up a five spot behind the Jorge Soler two run homer. Um, I think Fowler had a good game. Montero had a good game. Uh, yeah. They went on to win 6-3, to three and you went back to Wrigley, and uh, we'll talk about those games the rest of the week. Uh, also, Doug Glanville, he retweeted us today because we tweeted the video of him hitting the RBI triple from 2003 in the NLCS against the Marlins. Um, he had a game-winning triple in the 11th inning in, in uh, Miami, I guess it technically was, um, in t- on this date in 2003. So I, I look forward to when we're talking about new playoff moments for the Cubs. I, that's all I can say. But at least we can always remember the good times and the friends we made along the way, guys. Right? 20 years ago, man. That was, <laughs> that was, I was six, I yeah. think, during that uh, playoff. Or going so on. No, I just turned seven. No. 2003. Yeah, I just turned you guys seven. Are, you're acting like there's run. zero playoff memories since 2003. But it's like today what happened specifically. What, what did happen in 2016? If I, Playing the quarter. Well, okay, on this date in 2016, Jake Arrieta hit a homer. He had a three-run homer against the Giants, Giants. and Chris Bryant hit a game-tying two-run homer. I was ready to just run into uh, into traffic after the Jake Arrieta home run. There's no way they're losing this game. It was the first home run that Madison Bumgarner ever gave up to a pitcher. I do remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Arrieta, or then uh, the Chris Bryant homer in the top of the ninth, and then they lost it on the what, the Colin Gillespie triple or whatever? Yeah, Yeah. they lost in like 13 innings or whatever. Albert Almora had one of the few good moments of his Cubs tenure with an incredible catch out in right field. That one really, that's where. about that game because they lost. Yeah. That's where it really started to sink in. It's it's like they lost the game. That feeling started to sink in because all of a sudden it was 2-1. Yeah. But but they had 
you know, if they get back to game five, it's Cueto again. And then it was all, it was still a weird, mm-hmm. it was still an even year. The Giants luck. Oh, it was yeah, freaky. Even it year, was freaky. It was really yeah. freaky. And then, yep. and then the next game is when the yeah. Cubs buried them. But, yep. but that whole game, it was like impending mm-hmm. game five back at Wrigley. That's why it was so scary. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That'll, that'll be coming. We'll talk about that. Yeah. That is, that's my Tomorrow we can one talk game about how, besides how, game the, seven. how the how the next game went. But yeah, they, there were, there was a, there was fun moments of that game. Oh, for sure. Uh, and yes, there are fun playoff moments that we've discussed. Um, well, yeah. we're, we're getting to them. We're like, getting we're, to it's them. It's only, if you're looking at 16, them. it's only the yeah. NLDS. Like, right. It's got a, right. You got, you got a, you got a bunch more games to come. <laughs> so, uh, Barb really wants my dad to come on the show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want him to come on. Barb, you're, I appreciate Barb for always being here and just giving us the most. Honestly, she is some of the best entertainment. Yeah. When we're the ones entertaining y'all, like I try to. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what? We're about done. So, I I do want to remind y'all. Um. If you if you're not already, I think I saw my guy Dubs in the chat. Asking if you're a diehard, if you get a get a picture with Ryan's dad, uh, don't <laughs> sure. let the facts get in the way of a yeah. good story. But yes, if you become a diehard, you can get as many pictures with yeah, Ryan's dad at our tailgates, or if you just see him on the street and be like, "Hey, you're Ryan's dad." You no, if you, if you become a diehard and show me proof, <laughs> yeah, I will get you a picture with my dad at one of our functions. Yeah, there you go. That's there you go. so. How to become a diehard? Well, you know, we got podcasts and live shows every day here on CHO Sports YouTube channel. That's that's free, honestly. But uh, on top of all the post-game shows. But if you become a diehard, you get 20% off events like our tailgate that we have this weekend. Merch. I know we no dropped merch. some new new uh, Bear shirts recently. Um, some new Blackhawk shirts recently. You can get this hoodie. You can get the shirt that Ryan's wearing, the Skyline shirt. That's a classic. Um, you get If you become a diehard, you get the first shirt free. You get when you sign up, right? Which is uh, that's my favorite part about being becoming a diehard. Um, and then on top of that, you get premium written content from whoever you like, whether it's from the Bears, it'd be Hogue and 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 Carm and and Moriano, and then for us, it's um, Herrera and Jared. Jared Will sometimes, and uh, you know throughout all of CHGO. So you get there is free content you can read, but also you get some for just for diehards. So. Because you're special. And then, obviously, I know, Gary, you're in the chat. Uh, people love the Discord. People love CHGO the Discord. CHGO Lounge. Uh, you get put in the CHGO Discord, and you can be like everyone during the Cup season. When things are going good, everyone is vibing and happy, and we are about to go 162-0. and 0. And then when things are going bad, it's like, why did we do this? Why did we do that? Let's uh, – why is Jake Slaughter not on this roster? You know, like – <laughs> There's all kinds of it's. It, there's all kinds uh, of vibes, right? So uh, oh yeah. all all of it can be yours if you become a diehard. So um, sign up today. Um, anything else before we get out of here, Mister Herrera? Thanks, thanks for hopping on with us, everyone. Thanks yeah. to Max Bain again. For yeah, shout out to Max coming on the show. He's a great friend. If you if this is the first time you watch our show and Max and 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 seeing Max for the first time, um, the reason we had him on is a he's our friend. B um, He's a good dude. And three, whenever he makes it to the Cubs, we want to be the first people to be like, we always believe first. 
So well, and four, he's <laughs> also been in the system for a few years now. Like he he yeah. he knows a lot of the guys that are coming up. So a lot of the guys you have heard of, mm-hmm. like he's probably played with most of them. That's so it. That, that yeah, is a really good. So, is a lot of really good insight. Yeah, good insight on um, that kind of stuff. And I, personally, I think he could have a career in like what we do once yeah. he's done. Knowledgeable. Yeah. Friendly. Easy to root for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy to root for. For sure. Okay. One twenty tomorrow. One twenty tomorrow. My guy, Rich Beasterfield, who's been in the chat, he's going to join us tomorrow. Ooh, first yeah. time guest. I met him in Arizona for the first time in person when I went out there and watched the Cubs break my heart twice. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be on remotely with us tomorrow, 120. Hopefully, Stuck is back. Um, but, yeah, we'll see you then. Thanks for jumping in, watching the CHO Cubs podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Fly to W. <laughs>